Hi, welcome to the TTWF, Trekking Through Waves and Flames podcast, where I inspire you to see possibilities and opportunities by giving you tips and strategies of how to navigate and stay on track to achieve your fullest potential. Thanks for tuning in. And now, let's get straight into today's episode with me, your host, Princess. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm really honored and humbled to be given this opportunity to share with you. And uh, I was asked to talk about looking after our families in this world, in this environment that we live in. And so I thought I'd start by, you know, just briefly, what is family? What is a family? And a common understanding of family in the Western English-speaking world is that it is two parents and their children living in the same house. However, those of us that have come from places like Africa or Middle East, we know that family has a much wider extension. Family includes grandparents, it includes aunties and uncles, um, and so forth. And, And these things can be challenges to us as families, and there can be advantages as well, but they have a huge implication of how we do life as families. Anyway, so what are the pressures that families face these days? What are the pressures on the family? And there are many of them and many influences and many challenges. And I've got a little, a brief list here, but it's by no means exhaustive and it's not all of them. It's just some of the challenges that I thought about as I was preparing for this. Um, so there's work. Parents work longer hours. We work multiple jobs um, because, uh, you know, for most immigrants, the jobs that, that, that people have have less job security or they don't pay well. So you end up juggling two jobs or working in a job and doing something else on the side. And um, so this is a challenge because you get home, you're tired, the children still need you, you don't have time for yourself and things like that. Children's activities are also a challenge these days because Part of, you know, helping the child to succeed, parents feel that we they need to get involved in a lot of activities, piano lessons and dance and sports and library and all sorts of activities in the hope that they will succeed at, at, at something or they will make something out of it or we might discover their talents. Things like church programs, you know, those can be demanding. You're expected to participate. You're expected to attend. You're expected to uh, be involved, and that can be time-consuming, and it, you know, it can pose some real-time constraints, especially if you're working full-time and you've got younger children and things like that. Um, and also, even you know, extended family. You know, like I mentioned before, for us, the idea of family is much wider than me, my husband, and my child. So, extended family can also make some demands. You know, for for some of us that come from Africa, they expect you to be sending money, they expect you to be looking after them, they expect you to be supporting them. Um, because in their minds you're living in, in, in the Western world, you're living overseas, and so you've got money. And so that can put, you know, a lot of pressure on us, because if it's your parents, you have an obligation to look after them, you have an obligation to provide for them, and so forth and so forth. And also peer pressure, you know, can be a challenge, because who have you befriended? Who have Who have you surrounded your family with? Because sometimes the pressure of wanting to be like the Joneses. So if your friends seem to be making it, driving big cars, living in big houses, guess what? You're going to want to do the same. And that can put pressure on families. TV and social media. You know, the the research has shown, for example, that immigrant fathers find that 
they, they, the way they parent is really a challenge due to newly found influences such as higher standards of living, more access to parties for the children, you know, more exposure to sex, to alcohol, to drugs, and, and more exposure to television and um, reduced family involvement, language barriers and cultural differences. All these are challenges that really can put pressure on families. Um, things like materialism, gadgets. For some reason, parents nowadays feel like, you know, our, our kids need to have all the gadgets that we can possibly buy them. They have the latest phones, they have the latest iPads, they have the latest TVs, they have the latest this and the latest that. That puts a lot of pressure because a lot of the times you're using credit cards and a lot of times then they're spending time on those things or you spend time fighting about those things because now it's harder and harder to control them. Um, there's also... Um, the desire to get ahead and to rise. You know, I've been in this country for five years, for two years, for whatever it is. I should have done this and I should have done that. And, and you know, we want, to, we want to get ahead. And that puts pressure. And other pressures are, um, you know, loss of responsibility for our children when the school, the state can take over responsibility for our children. Language barriers is, is a common one for people that have uh, migrated from other countries. It's a big barrier that parents face and it affects their ability to cope with the school system you know and research shows that migrant parents often struggle with getting involved with their children's education due to language barriers and it, it, this prevents parents from being able to help their children with homework and school projects and with regards to school the challenge is parents uh, may not have the education or the language skills to assist their children and they may not be able to communicate with teachers to address the problem. And so in such cases, children receive no educational support from their parents, and then they have to rely completely on the school and on teachers. And, and, and the thing is, if you don't um, understand English, any feedback or any complaint you might want to give regarding your child is completely, is, and is likely to be ignored, you know. And then, on top of that, most migrant parents then experience power struggle with their children because the children now learn the language, they learn English faster, and they learn new ways of living faster than their parents. And so they know the rules and things like that, and they use it to their advantage. Cultural differences can also be a challenge, and this can range from social customs to issues such as, you know, attitudes towards gender, religious diversity, ethnicity, sexuality, and this can all be different from what we grew up in and what we know and what we believe in. But then it can also lead to a sense of isolation and even mental health um, issues, you know. And, um, and also, you know, migrant parents are often faced with challenges such as parent-child disagreements and reduced parenting self-confidence because you're trying to adjust, adapt and to adjust to this new cultural context. And then the kids are, you know, very quickly westernized, which may be at odds with your own culture. And so it throws off the parent-child dynamic. And, you know, as kids, especially when they're teenagers, they are going to use this to their advantage. They are going to use this to manipulate the situation as much as they can. And so parents often experience two different issues are found when they're bringing their children to a new country. Like I said before, the children are quickly immersed into the new culture through school, and then they start to feel and sound foreign to their own parents. And then it's like, what do you do with these kids? They don't sound like you. They don't look like you. They don't think like you. They don't behave the way that you'd expect a child to behave. 
because they're growing up in a completely different environment, completely different system. And then there's also racism and discrimination, you know. And many families face bullying, discrimination, and isolation as a result of cultural differences, you know, because you look different, you have different traditions, you eat different foods, you clothe differently, your mannerisms are different. That can lead, especially for younger people, to a, a lot of racism and discrimination. Even in the workplace, people can stereotype you just because of the way you dress and the way what you look like or how you sound. Um, and then there's also, you know, economic challenges. And I'm sure a lot of you will agree with me that a lot of foreign-born parents, they arrive in New Zealand with college or graduate education, transferable skills, and sometimes even a job, a, good, a job offer from a good employer. But they most likely end up working in low-paid, low-skilled jobs, you know, because you know, either it's hard to communicate, you know, or the confidence, and, and it's hard to adapt to the new culture, and then they're perceived as not knowing what they're doing or not knowing, not having the skills that they say they have. And so um, you find that these, these families, immigrants, immigrant families end up, you know, living in, in poverty, and um, they're exposed to harsh and adverse conditions such as unsafe neighborhoods, lack of resources, and facing discrimination at work, like I said. And, you know, all these things, these pressures that I've talked about, they have potential to change the way a family behaves, and that's to change the nature of the family. And many of the pressures weaken and, in some cases, undermine the life of a family. So the migrants must overcome these significant challenges to ensure their family's well-being. And this, this is not just for migrants, but, you know, even for families in general. Um, you know, and they can do this by, you know, taking back responsibility for our families. In many cases, others have taken responsibility away from the home for things the home should do best. In many cases, this has been with, you know, the agreement of parents, either because the parents feel unequipped or because they are persuaded that, you know, um, the school can do a better job or the system can do a better job, etc. And, and some things have been taken away, you know, like subtly, um, like, like, for example, through electronic media, you know. And so the, 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 the social media now becomes the, the, the place that where your children learn. It teaches your children all sorts of things. So what we need to do is to take back responsibility for teaching the faith, our cultures and values, behavior and respect to our children. We also need to get involved in activities and places that the children go to. Right? Research has shown that when their parents are involved and when their parents know what's going on and when the parents are supportive, migrant children have lower rates of drug use and sexual risk-taking and they are more likely to succeed in school. So get involved in things that your children do. Don't be too busy working. Don't be too busy trying to pay for that big car or the big house. Get involved. You know, if it means taking it in turns, but at least one of you should get involved. If you're a single parent, get support from friends, but try by all means to get involved. TV and social media, don't be ignorant of technology. Be on social media, and after a certain age, have access to your children's social media accounts. Manage screen time. Limit screen time. Don't let your kids spend the whole day on your phone or the whole day on the iPad. And don't say, oh, you know, for me, technology is too hard. I can't do this. I can't do that. I just let these children do it. No. Learn, learn, learn. Don't be ignorant. 
learn how to you know how to get on the internet learn to be able to um, put security measures on 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 your internet so that you can see what your children are accessing and you can control what your children are accessing learn if you don't know find people that will teach you friends be mindful and intentional about who you befriend as a family who are your friends who are your family friends do they have similar values as you and pay attention to the kids that they have. Children can be molested by older siblings or friends or relatives of friends. So be careful of sleepovers. Just because your child is friends with a little one, don't forget the little one is a big brother. And school sleepovers. Don't let your children just go and sleep into houses that you've never been and parents that you don't know just because they go to school together. Be very careful. You know, be very careful. When my daughter was growing up, I was very particular about whose house she she slept over. And many times I, I said I would rather have the children come to my house because then at least I could keep an eye and I made the time to make sure that I was there. Sometimes it's hard, it's difficult. I was working night shift, I was working full time, I was studying, but I made time. And then she, And I just made it clear that she knew there were certain places that she couldn't go. And a no was a no. Language barriers, from jobs to schooling, to simply finding your way around to buying things. Learn the language of the land. Learn some English. However you choose, at least learn the official language of your country. In New Zealand, it's English. Or if you want to learn Tereo, that's up to you. There are courses, there are colleges that you can go and do and learn the language and learn the culture. But don't say goodbye to your native language for good. You know, and in, in this world that we live in, it's actually an advantage for your children to have to be able to speak more than one language. If they can speak your African language and French and English, even better. And it's good and it might work to their advantage. Even for you, it might actually lend you a job because you can speak this language, you can be a translator, an interpreter, or whatever it is. And also keep communication with your child's school. Attend functions, attend school camps, have an email address so they can communicate with you and they can uh, talk to you and tell you what's happening with your child. When it comes to dealing with schools or when a language barrier gets in the way and helping kids with homework, again, schools, social services and community groups, they will be able to help. Seek help. Ask for help as to how you can help and support your kids. You know, make time, go to school camps. Do what you got to do. Cultural differences. What can we do? It's important to accept that values will be different and that this is something that you cannot control. You live in New Zealand, it's not going to be like Africa. It's not going to be like Afghanistan. It's not going to be like whatever country you came from. So accepting different values doesn't mean you have to take them on as your own, but you have to learn to respect them in others. And that's very important. Prejudice and racism. We talked about that. Teach your children who they are. That they are not inferior or lesser humans because of where they come from or because of the color of their skin. Make it your family's principle that you contribute to the society you live in. Be a part of the solution and not just a burden. Because sometimes that's what ends up, you know, annoying people. They feel like you come here as refugees, they support you, but you don't even give back. You keep taking, taking, taking. Where the opportunity is for you to give back, to contribute, to do something, do it. Don't just be a burden. Your ethnicity or skin color is not an excuse. 
The fact that you can't speak English is not an excuse. There's many places that you can work. You don't need to be talking all day long. And like I said before, learn the language. Or at least volunteer at your child's school. That's another way of giving back. Yes? Yeah. Problem children. What can we do with problem children? Firstly, remember, it doesn't matter where you come from. Teenagers will always be like aliens. They like they come from your children become teenagers. They like they're from a different planet, you know, and they're just like foreigners to you. So it's important that you find a balance between teaching your children to respect your own culture standards and values and allowing them to integrate into the new culture. Because they live here, they're growing here. You cannot afford to isolate them and try and, and raise them up like they're in Africa. You will just succeed in either they'll be fighting you all the way or you just confuse them. So you have to find a balance where they respect your own culture standards and values, but they also integrate into this new culture that they're growing in. Ultimately, one reason to migrate is to give your child a better life. And in order to achieve this, you will have to accept a level of integration in them. Discipline is a big one, and I'll probably finish with that. Part of looking after our families is to make sure that our children are appropriately and properly disciplined. You don't want your children to grow up like wild animals because they'll just end up in prison. And you did not come from your country or from Africa for your child to end up in prison. So parents that fail to respond to their children fail to form a healthy and loving bond with their children and they use inappropriate discipline techniques, have children that express multiple areas of concern and developmental problems. Where we come from, physical disciplines such as spanking have been found to be widely practiced and effective. Parents who use timeouts and takeaway rewards such as playtime or toys can just be as effective. So it's not just about hitting your kids. There's other ways that you can discipline them. The key is to be consistent with it. Don't say one thing and do something else. Don't say, I'm going, to, I'm going to take this away. I'm going to take this away a, a million times. If you say you're going to take it away once, second, twice, third time, take it away. Because children quickly learn that you don't keep your word. You just threaten, but you don't do anything about it. So be consistent. And you'll find that hitting you doesn't even need to happen. Besides, it's illegal anyway. And force consequences once you threaten to do it. So if you say, I'm going to send you to bed, then do it, right? So for this behavior, this is the consequence. And then you make sure you enforce it. You'll find you don't have to do it too many times before they understand that no means no, that sit down means sit down, eat your food means eat your food, go to bed means go to bed. Everything doesn't need to be negotiated, you know, a negotiation. It's tiring, it's frustrating, and at the end of the day, you end up not going anywhere. And you can't leave discipline to one parent. If you're a two-parent family, you know, in, in most African cultures, the discipline of the children is left to the fathers. Wait until your father comes home. No. Both of you have a responsibility to discipline your children. Speak the same language. If you have said something, make sure the father knows or vice versa so that your child doesn't play you against each other. Be a team. Otherwise, your children will play you against each other. And be parents to your children, not your child friend. At the same time, have an open door policy with your children so they know they can come and talk to you anytime. But they need to know they're not your friend. 
Your child needs to know that they are loved no matter what. Many of us didn't grow up being told I love you by our parents. It's just not part of our culture. So tell your children that you love them. Because in this environment, in this world we live in, it's important for them to know that they are loved, for them to know that they are safe, that no matter what they do, that will never change. Yes, you might discipline, yes, you might do things, but you always love them. Show them that you love them. Don't discipline out of emotion. Equally, don't reward them because you feel good, etc. So don't discipline and don't reward out of emotion. No. Because that can be manipulated and that's never reliable. Publicly praise your children. Say you're sorry. African parents are not good. I don't remember my dad ever saying he was sorry to me. But say you're sorry. Acknowledge your shortcomings. If you've made a mistake, if you've messed up, apologize to your child. And, you know, so that they know that you're human as well. And they know that you value their feelings and you don't want to hurt them intentionally. Children learn from what we do. And they learn from what we don't do. And they learn from what we say or don't say. Be a role model to your children even when no one is watching. Don't just be good when they're watching, even when they're not watching. Make it part of your lifestyle to be a good role model. Yes? And then to the parents, live for each other and not the children. You know, don't let your lives be about your children. Everything about it is about the children. Live for each other as well. The life of the family depends on the love of the parents for each other. It's not helped by making the children the center of, of, of your life or by making material prosperity the focus. Children need parents' love more than their money. You know, we think, oh, if we give them everything, they'll be happy. But, you know, ultimately, they need your love more than anything else. And they need to see you loving each other. And they need to see you having a relationship. So it's good that you have time for each other. And it's good that you show your children how to love. Because your sons will learn how to be husbands from the way you treat their mother. Your daughters will learn how to be wives and mothers from the way you treat their father. They will learn about marriage from you. And also, you know, as, family, as, as parents, as adults, give up the delusion of keeping up appearances. Stop, stop putting the pressure of fame and reputation on your family. You know, you want to be like these people, like those people, da 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 So just focus on your family, and that will make a difference. Um, yeah, and dealing with guilt and mistaken expectations and wrong desires. We may feel guilty because we have not brought up our family the same way as other people. Or we may be, have had wrong aims to bring up our children. Don't expect your children to be what you want them to be or to be what you wanted to be but didn't get a chance. Does that make sense? Well, I'm going to stop here. Um, I wasn't given you know, too much time and I think I've probably gone over my time way too much. But I really hope that this has helped somebody and that this will help someone. Um, and, and remember, it's a journey. It's a learning process. We're all learning. We're all growing. And keep growing. Keep learning. And it gets better. You just have to believe in yourself. And you just have to trust that you were given those children because inside of you is the ability to be the best parent that those, those kids need. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the TTWF podcast. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, and check out my YouTube channel. Thank you once again for listening. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, remember, nothing is impossible. If it hasn't been done yet, it's been waiting for you.